Uh, my name is Pastor Aaron. A joy to welcome you here to First United Methodist Church, where our vision is to love God and all people for the transformation of the world. And we believe that there is spiritual breakthrough coming. We believe that God's presence is here, and when God's presence is here, we can expect great things to happen. Friends, this morning uh, is one of those Sundays where I'm going to share the word first in preparation for our coming to the table uh, and worship. Uh, And our scripture this morning that we want to share comes from uh, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 16. So hear God's word for us today. These are the words of Jesus uh, shortly before he goes to the cross. And he's speaking to the disciples, and he says, Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and where you can see me no longer. In regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. Uh, He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while you'll see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I'm going to the Father... They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve but your grief will turn to joy. Uh, God's word for his people today. Friends, this is a new month. It means we uh, gather for uh, pancakes later. We gather at the Lord's table this morning. Uh, We also have a new memory verse. And our memory verse comes from Acts chapter 9, a prayer that we have for our church. Would you stand and, and say this verse with me? says, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in fear of the Lord. Acts 9, 31. And let's pray our church prayer. 
Father, unleash the power of the Holy Spirit to bring spiritual breakthrough in my life, in our church family, and passion. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. May the name of Jesus be held in high honor in all that we say and do. Amen. Well, let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is good to be in your house today. It is good to come and worship. And just as we prayed this morning in the prayer room, we invite you, the Holy Spirit, this mighty God, to come and minister to your people. We pray that this sermon, this message, this expounding on the word would not just be words, but it would be demonstrated by your presence. Father, we just sang about spiritual breakthrough. We just sang about your presence. Later, we'll sing about what a good father you are. And so would you show that by manifesting your presence? Lord, somebody here today needs a special touch from you. And we pray that you would give it to them. We just pray that you will do things that uh, just in our flesh may seem impossible. But we ask for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Well, the disciples were filled with grief. Jesus uh, had told them that he was leaving. That they wouldn't be able to see him anymore. And can you imagine the thoughts that would have gone through their mind? Jesus, you're, you're leaving us? I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, Jesus, you've been our leader for all of these years. I'm not sure we can make it without you. And then Jesus says something that just seems to be incredible and impossible. He says, it is for your good that I'm going away. What? It's for my good that Jesus goes away? What could be better than walking next to Jesus? What could be better than spending time with Jesus day after day? What could be better than listening to Jesus teach and then getting to talk to him about his teaching while day after day you casually eat your meals together? What could be better than watching Jesus get up early in the morning and listening to him pray and then seeing those prayers answered as he healed people and even raised people from the dead? How could it be better for me, for Jesus, to leave? And yet Jesus said, it is for your good that I'm going away because he said, unless I go, go, the counselor won't come. But if I go, I will send him. And Jesus was saying, there is something better than even walking in the flesh next to me. Because as long as I'm on the earth in this physical body, I can only be in one place at a time. But if the Holy Spirit comes, which is my spirit, if the Holy Spirit comes and is poured out upon all believers, then the message can spread throughout the entire world and the kingdom of God can come. Truly, it is for your 
good that I go away. And indeed, that's what happened. The Holy Spirit came upon them, uh, and they went out and literally changed the world. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, which is next Sunday. And I want to remind you, next Sunday, we won't have worship services here. We're doing an amazing thing. We are joining with many other churches in Marysville, and we're meeting at the high school next Sunday morning at 9 and 11 uh, to celebrate with brothers and sisters asking God for a fresh Pentecost in our community. What an awesome, awesome thing that's going to be. Now, on a personal note, you know, Linda and I, have been very open with you about our grieving at having to leave this church. I mean, we've come to love you so much, and, and it hurts to leave. And some of you have shared with us uh, that you're grieving too. But friends, could it be that it is for your good that I'm going away? Could it be that that spiritual breakthrough that we've been praying for won't come unless I leave. You know, that was actually in my mind and spirit months before we got the call to move. I've been praying and contemplating, uh, and I've come to believe that God brought me to Marysville First United Methodist Church for the primary reason to help facilitate healing in the church so that spiritual breakthrough could come. And that spiritual breakthrough would require a different kind of leader. And I believe Pastor Nathan is that leader. And I believe that Pastor Nathan is going to come and lead us an even greater spiritual breakthrough than we've felt to this point. But Pastor Nathan can't do it by himself. Any more than the disciples could have gone out and changed the world by themselves. They needed the Holy Spirit in the same way that we need the Holy Spirit to experience spiritual breakthrough. One of the things I'm most excited about is in October of this year, uh, the prayer team and the equip team have been working for months uh, to begin preparing a Life in the Spirit seminar. And on that date in October, that weekend, we'll have some folks coming into our church to teach us what does it look like to live life committed to the Holy Spirit. And so I hope you put that on your calendars and you plan to be here because that is going to be an awesome event. Because again, without the Holy Spirit, there can be no spiritual breakthrough. But when the Holy Spirit comes... I want to share three things with you that the Holy Spirit will bring passion and purity and power to the church. Remember when Jesus talked to the disciples? And he was telling them that your grief will turn to joy? And indeed, that's what happened. When the world mourned, and, or when the world celebrated that Jesus had died on the cross and the disciples were mourning, but just a little while later, they rejoiced at his resurrection. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were filled with so much joy, those around them thought they were drunk. Where is that joy going to come from? 
You know, we pray in our church prayer every week and every day, fill us with humility, unity, and passion. Well, where does passion come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. Consider these verses. It says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. The disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul says, you welcome the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. Friends, where does passion come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. And when we as a church are intentional about inviting the Holy Spirit, He brings passion. You know, we ought to be a passionate church. When we worship, uh, we ought uh, to express passion. You know, last week we talked about the God who likes to party. And that God enjoys it when the church gets excited. Now, that doesn't mean we have to get crazy. You know what I heard? I heard that last week, while we upstairs were having a nice, refined worship service, I heard you guys were playing kazoos and throwing around beach balls. Pastor Bill, what are you taking us here? And you... And I think God loved it. Because God loves it when we get excited about worship, when we get excited about coming together and there's passion in the church. When somebody from the outside comes in the church, the last thing we want them to do when they leave is say, man, that was a boring service. Because the Holy Spirit brings joy and the Holy Spirit brings passion and that ought to be seen when the church comes together and when we yield and welcome the Holy Spirit, our worship will be passionate. Now, now friends, the secret is not so much to try to focus on, on, on God as much as to focus on God's love for you. And when we realize how much God loves us, that leads to passionate worship. And that comes by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, we get excited. Because we know we are a, 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 a people that are pleasing to God. Now, that's not all the Holy Spirit brings. Jesus said in that uh, scripture lesson today that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll bring purity in two ways. In our actions and in our doctrines. He says in our actions, he says when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin. And notice, he says, convicts, not condemns. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Conviction says your sin is wrong. Condemnation says you are wrong. 
And the Holy Spirit never points an accusing finger at us. Instead, uh, he only wants to bring conviction so that we can be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And the scripture says that comes from the Spirit. And it says, if by the Spirit we can put to death the misdeeds of the body, it is the Holy Spirit that nudges us whenever we attempt to do something that's, that's not in line with Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to bring purity in our actions. And also, uh, he comes to bring purity uh, in our doctrine. He said, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And friends, this is the main tool the Holy Spirit will use to guide you into all truth. That's why, as a church, if we're going to experience spiritual breakthrough, it's got to be grounded in the Word of God. And we have to be people that are committed to the Word of God. We have to be people that study and meditate and memorize the Word of God. And every time we open it, we need to invite the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Because the only way the scriptures will ever make sense to us is if the Holy Spirit is guiding us. Now, that's what Paul meant there in 1 Corinthians when he says, we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. It says, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And friends, that's true. There are many people in the, wor in the world who think this book is foolishness. And it's because they've not read it with the Spirit of God guiding them into truth. And because he says they're foolishness, he can't understand them because they're spiritually discerned. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to guide us into all truth. Spiritual breakthrough comes to people who hold up the Word of God. Because the Bible says there will come a time when people won't put up with sound doctrine. You know, Paul told Timothy that a day would come when people would gather around them a great number of teachers who would only preach what their itching ears want to hear. And they would miss what the Spirit was saying. And friends, when... We as a church are inviting the Holy Spirit and the Spirit comes with passion, gives us passion and purity. Then it also comes with power. And Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, there would be power. 
And that's exactly what happened. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, these ordinary guys went out and began to do the very things that Jesus did. They went out and began to heal the sick and raise the dead. They went out and changed the world because there was a power that was flowing through them. And it was the same power that had flowed through Jesus. In fact, the Bible says the power that flowed through Jesus that allowed him to heal was what? You know, you see it right there in, in Acts. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing miracles. Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit. And that is the same Holy Spirit that God gives to the church today. In fact, Jesus said, you know, believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. And then he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do those kind of miracles. Friends, that's for us. When we as a church invite the Holy Spirit, we can expect passion and purity and power. In fact, here's what that power, uh, or, or Jesus said that, that the, the Holy Spirit would only come when Jesus had been glorified. And now that Jesus has been glorified and the Holy Spirit has been poured out, we can be a people of power. And this is what that looks like. In Ephesians 1, he talks about God's incomparably great power for us who believe. How many of you believe? Let me see, how many of you believe that Jesus is who he said he was? Then that means if you raised your hand, he says God's incomparably great power power is for you. And he says that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That means K. Zorman ought to have the power that raised Jesus from the dead flowing through your hands. When you lay your hands on the sick, you ought to expect the power that raised Jesus from the dead to flow through you. And for every one of us, because we believe, and he says the power is for us, and that power is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul said later, uh, uh, talked about, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. God wants us to be a church that is full of power. He says later, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you. Speaking to the church. That God is able to do more than you can even imagine if we as a church would yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, if we would intentionally invite the Holy Spirit, then we can expect that God would do miracles right here among us because he told us to stand in the power of God. And so it has been. 
You know, in the eight years that I've been here, we've seen God do incredible miracles. I mean, how many of you have experienced a healing touch from God in the last eight years? Look at that. Many hands. Hear me. It wasn't because of me. I don't have the power to heal. But the Holy Spirit that comes to dwell within the church gives us the power to see God do incredible things. And that power of the Holy Spirit is just as present in Pastor Nathan as it is in me and just as present in you. Friends, we, if we as a church, again, invite the Holy Spirit, yield to the Holy Spirit, we can expect purity, passion, and power. And he seals that with his own blood. Pastor Bill's going to come and, and lead us in a time of communion. When we come and take the bread, and this morning I would invite you, when you come and take that bread, just whisper a prayer, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And just invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister to you.